yoga can help with fear, stress and anxiety in so many different ways as more and more research is showing. I would tell myself um, not to be too distracted in regards to, um, you know, even when I was doing meditation practice in these ashrams or monasteries, I feel like a lot of it was driven by what's going to come later, like the food, you know, that we were going to eat as those ashrams, which used to be so delicious or my thoughts would be wandering, right? So I yeah. didn't sometimes fully engage in those practices being a wife being a mother being a, a you know a teacher being a pretty much everything a human being right so it has allowed me to look at all of these aspects in so many ways and mm -hmm. try to be better there are obviously you know it's a work um, but that's i think what this year has um, sort of tested but then whenever I come back to my yoga practice whenever I sit down for meditation in the morning even if it's five minutes um, in the evening before I go to bed those are the times I actually look forward to doing these hectic sort of moments Vanakam, namaste and hello everyone Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Inside the Minds of Great Yogis. In today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us. And to start off, she's an assistant professor in the departments of psychiatry and neuroscience at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. She obtained her PhD in neuroscience from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she studied the role of the amygdala subregions in regulation of stress and sensory motor gating. She did her postdoctoral work at the University of California, Los Angeles, where she studied fear and stress regulation via the amygdala. At the Icon School of Medicine, her team focuses on the brain, vagus nerve, and body interactions and mechanisms of fear, stress, anxiety, and energy metabolism to understand how the body communicates with the brain and regulating these functions. She has also been a lifetime practitioner since her childhood in Nepal. She teaches yoga classes in her spare time, and she is also passionate about the historical and spiritual aspects of yoga and incorporates those in her teachings. For her path of yoga is both scientific and spiritual. Let's give a big round of applause to Abha Rajbandari. Hi, Abha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today um, and welcome on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, nice kind of cold, chilly morning in New York. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Uh, this is amazing sharing this um, perspective of yoga. It's, uh, it's really needed, I think, in today's time. Thank you. Thank you. That's so kind of you. And I'm so excited to hear your perspectives of yoga. I read your introduction and I'm impressed and I cannot wait for all of our viewers and lis uh, listeners to hear your perspective of yoga. So thank you again. And um, to start off, I would like to start off by asking you, how did your journey of yoga begin? Um, yeah, so like you mentioned, yeah, I've been a long lifelong yoga practitioner, uh, but in various different forms, right? It's mm -hmm. definitely a journey. Um, I was born in Nepal. I grew up uh, in Nepal around both Buddhist as well as Hindu sort of um, aspects of uh, religion as well as spirituality. And um, from childhood, my mom used to take me and my sister, I have a younger sister, to um, 
temples, ashrams, monasteries um, for meditation. So a lot of my practice was very much centered around meditation. Um, my dad actually practiced the asana-based um, yoga. So he did a lot of um, asanas and pranayamas. That was his thing in the morning. Um, mm. But I never took it as something that was my thing. But I was more okay. focused on the meditation. And so I think my path of yoga was more like a bhakti yoga kind of path mm. going along with my mom um, and uh, incorporating these dhyana and pranayama sort of aspects. So yeah, that's how it began. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's wonderful that um, you chose the path of yoga. And, you know, it has a way of transforming us into a very like new version. So definitely, thank you so much for sharing that. Now I want to come into the next question by asking you, did you find science and yoga to be interconnected? And if so, how? Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's a question, I think, at this point in my life, I can say that uh, my path of, uh, you know, when I look at the science aspect of my life and yoga, they're so similar in so many ways. And um, the reason is I feel like both yoga path as well as scientific path is about at the core understanding who we really are right so in a biological mechanism when we're trying to understand how cells work how a heart works how our brain works we're trying to understand who we are as human beings and so it is a empirical sort of you know this experimental path but at the same time yoga is also a scientific path in that sense where we're asking very similar questions who we really are at the core like what is my what am i made of you know this kind of yeah. thing and so i feel like in that sense both are a path of discovery they mm -hmm. allow us to understand who we are um mm -hmm. and from the truest form um the vedic science where yoga mm -hmm. comes from is actually a scientific a huge you know a part of it is scientific knowledge and so i feel like at this point in my journey i feel like the science and yoga are so similar. I find very, you know, similarities, but yoga is more experiential, right? There's no empirical yeah. aspect, but in some ways there are, but yeah, though both are scientific. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's very nice to see how they're like both scientific and how in some shape or form they're kind of connected. So that's a very unique perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Now I want to come into the next question by asking you, so what are some yoga postures you would like to recommend for um, improving the memory? Mm -hmm. um, that's a very good, good question. Um, I don't think there is a specific posture per se that's tied to memory performance um, because what research shows and ongoing research, there's a lot of research on yoga's effect on the brain now. Um, but I think what so far the research shows is that it has to be a combination of physical aspect. So a lot of aerobic exercises in combination with breath control and meditation. So that has shown to have effects on better memory performance, uh, better attention, um, stress management, and that kind of thing. And so stress management can also lead to better memory. So when we're not focused on stressors, we can have better memory performance. Um, and so I think the key in all of these scientific research that is coming out is that the meditation or the dhyana is a vital component. So just doing physical exercise 
exercise of any form is not mm. going to lead to better memory performance by itself or even if it does combining the meditation makes it even better so there are exercise related studies showing better memory performance better hippocampal memory um but when you add the meditation i think it's even better from what the data is showing and so i think um also based on like long term meditation practitioners who've never done asanas even mm -hmm. their brains are very sharp in regards to memory and attention yeah, right so sure. I think the key component is definitely the meditation, which cannot be skipped. So I think yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And meditation is so, so important. I feel like when when you start to meditate, there's always that type of stress we have at the starting. And then after you meditate, there's you're just stress free and you just let go of all of that things through meditation. So it's very interesting that you mentioned how it can also help um, with improving the memory power as well. So I hope that our audience or listeners take this into consideration. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And now I want to come into the next question by asking you. So do you have a guru or a mentor that inspired you? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so like I said, you know, my journey of yoga has been very varied, right? So when mm -hmm. I grew up, I went to not just temples and ashrams, I also went to monasteries. So I don't think I have been inspired by like just one guru or one person. I've had quite a few of them. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's more this combined sort of knowledge and experience that I've gained from many different um, gurus and others but what I would definitely say is that um, during my uh, early part of my uh, or end part of my postdoctoral work um, I took the inner engineering course and I took the Sambhavi Mahamudra Kriya with Sadhguru so he was oh, okay. visiting in the US um, in Pennsylvania and I went to that for three days and did that and so that was a very profound experience for me um, and so it allowed me to dig even more deeper uh, spiritually as well as scientifically into yeah. what you know my true self is and understanding what this bliss inside of us you know which kind of is what um, Sadhguru's path is and so <laughs> yeah I think that really allowed me to go deeper so I won't say you know overall I've been inspired by many different other um, gurus I would say also so, you know there's yeah. a lot of knowledge um, from yeah. so many people so yeah that's what I would share in my yeah. journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think there there are various gurus and mentors that, you know, we come across um, in our paths. And, you know, they they just inspire us in so many unique ways. And they're all unique in their own ways. So I think a guru or a teacher is so important in our lives. And, you know, they're the ones that like, guide us um, to do better in anything. Absolutely. So in this case, yoga. So thank you for sharing that. And now I want to come to the next question by asking you, how can yoga help ease fear, stress, anxiety? Mm. Yeah, this question is very relevant with what we're all going through as um, a whole, you know, the being pandemic. on this earth, right? Like yeah. all of us are experiencing this 
this pandemic right now, which is, I guess, the biggest stre- biggest stressor or one of the biggest stressors in our life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we, I think to answer that question, we have to look at fear, stress, and anxiety a little bit more deeply because there are different components of them. Mm-hmm. And so what what is a stress reaction? A stress reaction is basically a reaction um, that's triggered by exposure to either psychological, physical, or environmental stressors, right? So they can be many different kinds of stressors. And so the responses that we have against those stressors are these defensive reactions that kind of lie in the continuum of fight or flight or freeze reactions, right? So when we're facing stressful situations, that's what our body tends to do is either fight or flight or freeze. And so Mm -hmm. these are associated with activation of the sympathetic nervous system, um, which causes increased heart rate, increased breathing. And so it's not just the memory of the specific stressor or trauma, for example, in anxiety condition like post-traumatic stress disorder that's Mm. triggering, but it's also these bodily changes that are happening because of the reminder of that trauma or experience. And there are also things like immune dysregulation, gut functions, uh, metabolism, all of those are also changing um, either due to acute stressors or chronic stressors, right? So those are also different parts of it. And so just a simple thought of a traumatic experience can cause our brain and body to kind of go haywire and have this like um, experience, even though we're not in that situation of a stressor to have that fight or flight kind of mode. And so in that sense, yoga is this in all encompassing practice, right? It's a physical mm-hmm. practice. It's a spiritual practice. It's a mental practice. It's a, you know, it's it has the breath control aspect. And so combining all of these aspects, we are in a way touching on almost every aspect that goes awry in conditions of stress, fear, and anxiety. And so, for example, breath control practice like pranayama has been very well established and associated now scientifically to control emotions, right? It has this connection with emotional regulation, um, brainstem region that receive information about the breath, send that information to brain regions like the hippocampus, the amygdala, which Mm. are important for this memory of trauma or specifically uh, emotional regulation and so therefore by combining breath control we're modulating higher order brain functions Um, another aspect is meditation which I already talked about by engaging in meditation we are Mm -hmm. engaging in kind of suppressing or putting a pause button on our thoughts or these um, kind of memories of those thoughts that come right and so that's another part of it or very key part of it. So overall, um, I think by breath control, by meditation, by this asana based practice, um, it allows this balance of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So, you know, breath, Mm -hmm. certain breath control practices increase parasympathetic um, activation. um, Mm -hmm. And then same with other types of uh, meditation practices. And so therefore, I think yoga is about strengthening these connections in our brain, um, for better habit, for better mind control in that sense of uh, these negative thoughts, but also kind of tuning our body to not react in the same way that it used to react, right? So that's why it's a 
practice of um, training ourselves in that sen scientific sense. So yeah, yoga can help with fear, stress and anxiety in so many different ways as more and more research is showing. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That was super informative. And for sure, I think yoga can help in so many different levels. There's different types of styles and there's different types of magnitudes that yoga can help with stress, fear, anxiety. So I think I hope the audience can really um, find this helpful in terms of what you mentioned. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And now yeah, I want to I just can I add one yeah, thing? Ahead, I just want yeah. to summarize, you know, I said a yeah. lot of things in that yeah. I just want to give like a little or, snippets kind of yeah. summary. So in summary, how yoga can help in that sense is that sympathetic and parasympathetic balance one. Second, mm -hmm. it can help with uh, increased neuroplasticity for better thinking in our brain. Third, it can help with balance um, in our body. And then the fourth is better or enhanced attention, emotional regulation and memory. So those are the aspects, I think, four aspects of yoga to summarize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just, yeah. you know, because I didn't want to like just throw out so many things there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for breaking them down and putting into four uh, prominent points. I hope the audience take those uh, into consideration and uh, take note of these as they're so important. And yeah, thank you for sharing that, Abaha. And I want to come into the next question by asking you, how do you incorporate historical and spiritual aspects of yoga into your classes? Mm, yeah, that's uh, very interesting. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's that's been... Um, a kind of a journey for me also understanding both the historical um, and the spiritual aspects and I always try to share in my class elements of spirituality in the sense of understanding going back to that question of who we are right mm -hmm. what is our purpose in this vast cosmos uh, for example being yeah. on this earth like what is our purpose and I think understanding our place in this cosmic vastness or our cosmic nature or just in general our nature um and uh, the presence uh, in this place is has to sort of incorporate both spirituality and history right because yeah. historically also uh, both from scientific end as well as spiritual end there is so much to learn about who we are how we have evolved as human beings um and um same with in regards to spiritual or uh, spirituality or uh, you know aspects of spirituality and so um, yoga itself you know for if we look at it if we mm -hmm. look at just one asana for example how that came about like what is the reason that asana was developed by these um, previous uh, rishis or yogis um, can lead to so many queries right they had mm -hmm. it has both um, a, this historical aspect but also a spiritual aspect of why that posture was created um, yeah. and same thing for so many other aspects of yoga I think it's really mm -hmm. a path of understanding not just like doing what is told but understanding yeah. why we're doing what we're doing right so for me that's yeah. always a thing like it's always part of my learning is like on trying to understand why this came about and what is the yeah. purpose and you know what's the connection spiritually spiritually yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I really liked how you mentioned about self-realization mm -hmm. into your practices of yoga, which is also very important. And um, in terms of incorporating historical and spiritual aspects of yoga, I think that's also very important because um, 
and can really connect a lot with the practices and can really resonate with the students as well. So it's equally as important. So yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, very good questions. I love these. <laughs> thank you. And uh, very good answers as well. I love it. <laughs> and now I want to come into the next question by asking you, what is something you would tell your young self that, start, that started to practice yoga? So when you were young in your childhood days um, in Nepal, when you practiced yoga, what would you tell uh, your young self? Um, the young self at that stage, I think I would tell myself um, not to be too distracted in regards to, um, you know, even when I was doing meditation practice in these ashrams or monasteries, I feel like a lot of it was driven by what's going to come later, like mm -hmm. the food, you know, that we were going to eat as those ashrams, which used to be so delicious, or my thoughts would be wandering, right? So I yeah. didn't sometimes fully engage in those practices. So at that stage, I would say like, you know, dig deeper. It's hard sometimes as a child. Um, I think what I would say to what I've learned from so far is the part of um, my yoga practice, which I'm the most not happy about the way I took it is actually during my um, grad school years oh. where I incorporated this asana, fully asana based practice um, to for my own stress reliever because grad school was very difficult. Um, but I think I was drawn towards just the physical aspect of yoga at that time so much that I think um, um, I got kind of like um, drawn towards doing headstands and handstands and all these tough postures so much more that I wasn't actually doing this mental sort of work that I needed, like the meditation or the breath control pranayama. I wasn't doing those. I was ignoring those and just focusing on how I could do a head handstand, right? And yeah, so I yeah. think that's the part when I look back, I was like, what was I thinking, right? Like I wasn't actually doing yoga I was drawn towards this illusion of yoga outside um, yeah. sort of but not digging deeper so that's the part of my life I would tell myself to not you know be drawn towards this outside persona or this outside part but dig more deeper understand who I really am um, and be confident in myself I think that's what I would tell so yeah. Other than that, I'm very happy, like in this point, I'm, you know, digging deeper into so many different ways that I should have been. But yeah, at that point, I didn't. But it's a learning experience. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's it's so important because, um, you know, at, at the young age, at, at a young age, when we start to practice yoga, our focus is kind of shift at you know at different stages so yeah I really like how you mentioned that and self-realization is what I get from this it's also so important about analyzing our true self it's about what's on the inside rather than you know the outside world mm -hmm. and you know we're all like in terms of the pandemic as well we're all kind of the COVID has taken a huge toll on all of us so yoga is one of the best solutions in terms of kind of the mental practices or meditation that can really help ease all that stressors out so thank you for sharing that um yeah just cool. one thing i do want to mention is that yoga is complementary so for some yeah. people who are going through fear stress and anxiety related disorders yeah. they're going through therapy or treatment and that's very important and yoga acts, a, acts as a complementary practice it doesn't replace yeah. those but it can yeah. 
help better. That's so right. that's something scientifically it's important to understand. It's not a replacement for some of these therapies, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's it acts as a really good uh, replacement. And I think the movement of the body can also really help um, have a good impact in our mental health. So right, yeah. the complementary aspect. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's mm -hmm. so important. Uh, so now I have some rapid fire questions mm -hmm. for you, which is one of my favorite mm -hmm. segments. Uh, so I want to start off by asking you, what lessons have yoga taught you? Mm, yeah, I think it ties to that um, same part of being who I am. So I think the biggest ones are being patient, um, which, you know, I'm a very highly energetic person. So um, usually I think that's what it has taught me. And also the confidence in my true self and my abilities. I think that's what it has allowed me to really um, dig into. So, yeah. Yeah, well said. I think that's that's great. Um, and I like how you said confidence, which is so important. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And now I want to come into the next question by asking you, what is one word you would use to describe yoga? And why? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, yoga itself is so like, encompassing but yeah. I would say um, actually can I say two words I think that I think of usually from yeah. one from scientific one from spiritual um, one from scientific for me yoga is brain breath body and oh. then from a spiritual perspective it's cosmic om that's what I what I always think of it as cosmic om because om is encompassing yeah I I love the the two how you divided both of them and how you mentioned <laughs> yeah, everything in my life I feel like I look at it spiritually and scientifically so it's always like that <laughs> yeah I like how you divided them and uh you mentioned cosmic om as well so om om alone it has a huge significance I, I think yeah. saying it alone it brings a positive aura so yeah. definitely thank you for sharing that and now I want to come into the final question um this is more of a reflection question in terms of how 2021 has been for you so which brings me to the question how has this year been for you in terms of yoga mm. Yeah, so this year, um, I would say for like many of us, it has been challenging. It has tested so many aspects in profound ways of being human, right? Being, yeah. I think the main things are it has tested our patience. It has tested how we deal with so many challenges in life when they come at once. Like, what do we yeah. do, right? So that, I think sure. that has happened to me. I started my research lab not too long ago. Um, and so dealing with that, um, you know, making sure my lab is running, but at the same time, being a wife, being a mother, being a, a you know, a teacher, being a, pretty much everything, a human being, right? So it has allowed me to look at all of these aspects in so many ways and mm -hmm. try to be better. There are obviously, you know, it's a work, um, but yeah. that's, I think, what this year has um sort of tested but then whenever I come back to my yoga practice whenever I sit down for meditation in the morning even if it's five minutes um, in the evening before I go to bed those are the times I actually look forward to doing these hectic sort of moments and yeah. just sitting down even if it's not like really emptying my mind the thoughts you know may not always cease but just observing what kind of thoughts they are is it positive is it negative yeah. I think that it's 
itself has been such a learning kind of process. I think, you know, this pandemic has definitely taught me way more to dig deeper than, you know, being in this sort of outside uh, things that are not in our control, but to see how I can react to them better. Um, But it's definitely, it's not perfect, but I feel like I see the improvement in subtle, small ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. And I think I I really liked how you mentioned about um, how, you know, when you take the time to practice yoga and meditations more, I I kind of see it as um, like a like a self-care kind of um, thing for you. So I think it's so important to take the time out of your day and, you know, do meditation or yoga and to kind of treat yourself. So for sure. And, and of course, you mentioned about kind of analyzing those those thoughts, whether that be negative or positive. And um, of course, inhaling positive energy and, and letting out all the negative energy and cleansing um, that body. So yeah, thank you so much for yeah, uh, sharing thank that. You. These are amazing questions. And I'm so happy to be able to share some snippets of these um, from my own experience, right? Sometimes it yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thank you so much for joining me. I think I, I loved hearing the scientific perspective of yoga. And I hope um, I look forward to sharing this episode with all of our audience and listeners as well. So um, I cannot wait for all of them to hear this episode. And so that is the end of our rapid fire questions round. Thank you so much for joining me, Abha. I really appreciate you giving me your valuable time. And I hope we can speak again. And just before before we end, I believe you are on Instagram. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I started my Instagram page to share about um, neuroscience, um, my connection with nature, uh, yoga, and um, the metabolic aspect, which I also study. And so that's why it's uh, nourish. So it's neuro namaste nature nourish. So those are the aspects that I also cover um, in my Instagram or share, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm also on Twitter, and my Twitter name is Cosmic Ohm Brain. Oh wow! I I love those names. You got you really get really um creative with um your username. So yeah, it's wonderful. So <laughs> yeah, I've changed the Instagram ones a few times, but I feel like this is where I'm at in general uh, with my yeah. life. So yeah, it's about sharing that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the prominence of the uh, the words in our life can make a huge difference. So I think having it as a u- a username is really smart as well. So definitely mm-hmm. do check out um, Abha's Instagram page as well as her Twitter, as she mentioned, I'm sure you'll love um, all the content she shares. And I know the page is amazing because I've checked it out myself. So definitely do check that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And thank you to everyone who has yet to listen to our 19th episode of Inside the Minds of Great Yogis. And until next time, have a great day, everyone. And I will see you all in the next episode. Mm